coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. Consequences and control. Are those bad words? Some people think so. Today, we'll discuss why consequences and control are not only good, but absolutely necessary. We'll discuss the two types of consequences, both natural and logical, and what the role of parents are in administering them. We'll talk about unintended consequences and how to teach your kids to start considering the consequences of their actions. We'll also talk about how consequences and freedom are related and how to determine what freedoms are age-appropriate. Plus, we'll share some specific ideas on how Money Pants bridges the gap between living at home and being on your own. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. During a visit to the mental asylum, a visitor asks the director, so how do you determine whether or not a patient should be institutionalized? Well, says the director, we fill up a bathtub, then we offer a teaspoon, a teacup, and a bucket to the patient and ask him or her to empty the bathtub. Now, I understand, says the visitor, a normal person would use the bucket because it's bigger than the spoon or the teacup. Not so, says the director. A normal person will pull the plug out. So, would you like a bed near the window? Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We're your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today's topic is consequences. Hannah, you had some thoughts on this. Yeah, so I was talking to a friend and she told me, she she said, well, I think you guys have too many rules in your family and, and you're trying to control your kids. And she said, my parents, they did not have any rules. And I said, really? And she's like, yeah, they didn't. And, and neither do I. I just teach my kids what is right. And I let them make their own decisions because I trust them. And, and that's what she said to me. And I... What? I didn't even know where to begin. There were so many I, I'm sorry. Okay, wrong first of all, assumptions. There's no way that. her parents did not have any rules. Well, first off, I'm like, yeah, right. They didn't have any rules. I know her I, parents. Yeah. And so I was like, whatever. okay. Um, that's I, just not true. <laughs> but okay. But yeah, no, you, you pointed out like, there were a lot. Okay, so there's a lot going on. You got to unpack what she said. Yeah, it just, was. I, I didn't have a punchy line to tell her right there at the moment. So other I just kind of BS detectors going off. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All I could think was, yeah, right. But she also made other other accusations, which I, I'm going to mention. Them. One of the accusations was, well, people who make a lot of rules for their kids, those are the kids who go crazy and nuts when they're in college and if they finally are out of the home. Are the parents they go wild? You yeah, mean? yeah, and that frustrated me because I, as a parent, I was like, "No, you've got it completely backwards." When you have a child that's nuts, you end up having to put more rules and restrictions because they're always testing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And yes, those are the kids that go nuts when they leave the home because they no longer have 
because they were pushing the boundaries when they were at home. That's why their parents were pulling their hair out. So, so that correlational. Are, are, you, are you speaking from experience? No, I, I yes, actually, <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm going to. Well, no, no, okay. So but, along, but along those just, lines, though, we it was have... just funny that that her her conclusion was therefore rules are bad and rules therefore. And consequences, therefore, are what makes a person rebel we, we, and, but we and have, behave badly. We have children, and I though. I was just like, oh, my oh, goodness. Hold on, hold on. We have children who have maybe haven't even gotten to college yet, but when they leave home to go to a party or something, different kids, when they're on their own and mom and dad are away, they act differently. And some of our kids are kind of wild and others aren't. And the ones that are more wild, we have to have more rules. So just it doesn't necessarily mean... When they leave it wasn't home to go to college, meaning that the rules yeah. made them wild. Okay. It's anyway. It was like completely okay, so, so backwards. She, so your friend made this. The, the, she said that you're just trying to control your kids because you have so many rules. You're just trying to control your kids. And I, being the great person that I am, I just tell my kids what's right and let them make their own decisions. That was that was her premise. Okay, and it sounds great, but there are so many flaws and and wrong assumptions in that statement that like I said, I didn't even know where to begin besides to just go, okay, you know what? Do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I, but don't tell me what to do. <laughs> so. Well, okay, but- uh, At the same time, though, Hannah, that this person it happens to be very manipulative, and so unfortunately, because and maybe maybe she truly believes that she doesn't have any rules, like I guess written down rules, but she definitely has rules. Only she uses manipulation to, to make sure her, her kids do what she wants. And we we talked about that at like manipulation is always bad. Like it's not it's not healthy. And remember, we got to go back to the definition. It's a way of, manipulation. of controlling. Yeah, but that's indirect and dishonest. It's 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 a, not out there. Yep, it's an indirect. It's a it's a, an attempt to control another person through dishonest and disingenuous methods. And we say, especially when it comes to being a parent, but anybody should not use that. That you should not use manipulation. It's a bad thing. It always is because you're being dishonest. Now, we don't say, what we don't say, though, is that you should not use control. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about and, that today. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today because you're like, wait, you're saying you should be controlling? Well, let's, let's, uh, we'll that's clarify what we're going to talk yeah. about. Well, no, because your friend assumed that controlling was wrong and she assumed that consequences, including punishments, were somehow bad. Uh, or unnecessary for for a parent when when in reality, and I thought you had a really good point here, Hannah. It's merciful, where controlling your kids is it's actually a, an act of mercy. And I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. But the the idea was the rules are actually there to help and protect the children, not to limit them or or, or stunt their growth. Or it's actually there. The whole point of having rules and consequences is to protect and help your children. And not the to other. give them more choices in the future. So and so so it, it's a, a lot of misunderstandings about why you would have rules, why you would have consequences, and whether or not you even should control your children. So that's those are the topics we're going to be talking about today. So and I, I like that. That, that. That's a good story because it kind of encapsulates a lot of the mentalities that we're dealing with in the our age where. Uh, people who are trying to raise their kids, especially uh, people with you know uh, some sort of money pants mentality, they're butting up against these ideas that directly conflict 
what the whole money pants philosophy is. So, but I, I want to kind of break it down into some basic categories. I want to start off with some definitions here, Han. I want to define consequences. I want to define control. But then I want to talk about the different types of consequences, the, the logical versus natural consequences. Then I want to kind of segue into what the parent's job is when it comes to uh, establishing these consequences, administering these consequences, and, and how they work in, in the family setting, as well as you know the, the ever-popular unintended consequences. And then I also want to talk about the, the difference between control and consequences, like how, how control differs, but also has some elements of overlap when it comes to consequences. And then we want to talk about kind of the natural progression, when how, how to use consequences and control uh, with you, within the family and especially with your children as your children grow in the different stages of progression and age-appropriate consequences. And then I want to talk about uh, uh, specifically logical consequences and how to do them. And then I guess we'll wrap it up with how how to use money pants and the tools that money pants uses. Again, because we, we, we harp on this, we say this all the time, money pants is a toolbox. It's not just a tool. It's an entire toolbox. All these cool tools inside of money pants to help your kids with when it comes to consequences, but making good decisions. And that's the end goal, Hannah, when it comes to consequences and rules is to help your kids become who they need, who they can and should be. And by consequences, we mean rewards as well and we'll as talk punishments. About that, yeah. So, and, and, well, and let's get into that. Well, a lot no, of people, we, yeah. Okay. We're, we're yeah. Define let's start by defining so, what consequences to, even are. So, right off, right off the bat, and we'll go the classic dictionary definition of consequences is the effect, result, or outcome of something occurring earlier. So, it, it, in very so, basic terms, it's the results of your actions. It's what happens when you make a choice. It's what happens. What's going to happen if you do this? What's going to happen if you do that? That's the consequence. So, it, But it's not the same as control. No, and that's just it. Control is, okay, so if a consequence is the result or the outcome of a choice, control is removing choices or to limit choices. And we'll talk about whether that's good or bad here in a minute, but making the idea is making choices doesn't mean you get to choose the consequences. And there's a fundamental disconnect in a lot of kids' brains where they think that by uh, they, they don't have to, to li- abide by the consequences because of the choices they make. That's wrong. We, or that you're trying to control them mm-hmm. by by there being consequences right. where they want, uh, a lot of times they want their choices to be disconnected from consequences. Right. Unfortunately... Consequences are no, no, not unfortunately. There's nothing fortunate or unfortunate about it. It's just how it is. Consequences are linked to choices. They are the results of your choices. For example, you choose to smoke. You're also choosing to damage your lungs. Uh, simple example: you choose to touch the the hot stove. You're choosing to burn your finger. It's you can't divest the consequences from the action. It's just not how it works. So by choosing one, you are also choosing another. You can't make a choice and with that choice, choose to have the consequences of a different choice. Right. Well, the classic example is I- You can choose the consequences that are attached to the choices. You reap what you sow. The idea is you plant corn, you're going to grow corn. You can't plant corn and expect to grow watermelon. It just, that's not how it that's, works. Yeah, you can't choose a different consequences consequence from the choice that you make. And all choices have consequences attached, whether positive or negative. And that's the thing. We're going to talk about that. They, the consequences could be positive 
or they could be negative. The consequences are not are not necessarily negative things. So, for example, you work out, you get stronger. Um, the, 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 that's a positive consequence. So, and it's the parents' job to help kids learn to link their choices with consequences, to understand that your choices have consequences and what those consequences may be. That that's your job as a parent. Yeah. So so whenever you're teaching your kids, when you say, "Hey, your job is to teach your kids," that's what you're that's one teaching. Of the, that's one, that's of, one of the main things you're teaching your kids is, "Hey, you make this choice, there's this consequence. You make that choice, there's that consequence." And that way, they're able to make decisions once they understand that. It, it was important for us to define consequences because parents don't want to say the word punishment. And so a lot of times they'll substitute the word consequences for punishment. And so uh, the word consequences has kind of taken on this meaning of, oh, it's a punishment because it's, it's a nicer way of saying punishment. But in reality, a consequence is any result of any choice that you make, right. whether good or bad. So right. it can be good. It can be bad. It depends on what the choice was. So, so let, now let's talk a little bit about the different types of consequences. There are basically two types of consequences. There, there are logical and there are natural. The natural consequences are the things that they're more, they're ideal because that's just how the world works. For instance, if you jump off a cliff, you're going to fall down. The natural consequences of gravity kick in. If you jump into a swimming pool you're, or into the ocean or into a lake, you're going to get wet. Those are natural consequences. If you don't brush your teeth, your teeth are going to rot. You know, the, these are all natural consequences. The problem with natural consequences is that the outcome is typically more permanent and also a lot more harsh. And, and the, the, the damage could potentially be a, a lot worse. Logical consequences on the other side are the ones that you set up. It's, and this is what parents do on a regular basis where, <laughs> little Johnny, if you eat your vegetables, you can have dessert after the meal. Or if you do your homework, you can, you'll get good grades. Uh, if well, you, if well, you finish all your jobs for the week, you can go to your friend's house. Those are logical consequences that something you've thought through. It's not, it's not a natural consequence that you get to have dessert. It's a logical consequence of, hey, if you do this, we've decided a logical consequence is when you decide. Yeah. If you so, eat your vegetables, like the you natural, can have dessert. The natural consequence of eating your vegetables is, hey, you'll be healthier. Mm -hmm. And the natural consequence of not eating your vegetables is, hey, your health, your immune system, it's, it's going to go downhill. Mm -hmm. But a lot of parents will set up a logical consequence to encourage their kids to eat their vegetables well, okay, so, on a regular basis. And let's talk about that. That's actually the, the next part we wanted to discuss was what is the parent's job when it comes to consequences? And that's just it. It's the job and the duty of parents to nurture and teach their children. You hear that, you know that, but you're like, yeah, but how? Well, one of the big things is to encourage our kids to make good choices and discourage them from making bad choices. So, and that's just it. Encouraging and discouraging is not the same as controlling, Hannah. Kids still have choices and it's not manipulative because you're being straightforward about what you want your, your, your kids to do. I don't want you to do blank. And in order to encourage you to do the right thing, I'm willing to give you blank. Right. I, and so, so what you're saying is you're saying, hey, I want, I don't want you to run in this street mm -hmm. because you might get hit by a car. Great. 
Okay, so 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 you're being very straightforward about why it is you know you're doing mm-hmm. what you're doing, and that's the actual real reason. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying yeah, no, there's no dishonesty there. Yeah. However, if you choose to run in the street, this is what I'm going to do. You won't be allowed to go outside anymore. Or yeah, you won't be you're able not to go to the be, park. Yeah. You won't be able to play with your friends. Or I'm going to take your I'm bike gonna away. Or I'm going to take your bike yeah. away. And so that's that's what you as the parent do. So, so there's that teaching moment mm-hmm. of explaining what the, the, the actual reason is. Mm-hmm. And then saying, okay, this is the consequence I'm going to attach because we want to avoid that that uh, natural consequence there. Exactly. And, and that's just it, Hannah. We want to, I like how you said that because you want to teach your children the natural consequences, but encourage them with the logical consequences. So, yeah. so example, like you said, I, I want, I, Billy, Johnny, Sally, whoever you are, I want you to eat your broccoli. And we're going to do an anatomy lesson. And here are all the medical benefits of eating your broccoli. Yeah. And you, you, there are the health benefits and the nutrition and blah, blah, blah. Here's your, how your body uses it. And, and you're going to explain all those natural consequences. And if you don't, here are the things you're going to be missing out on. You're not going to have a balance, blah, blah, blah. And your butt, your body won't develop these things right. And there will be these, these health issues. Like you explain all the natural consequences. But then you say, so. And here, then you introduce lo- logical consequences where you say, so if you eat your broccoli, you can have a treat after dinner. And that's that's how you encourage the kids to avoid the negative aspects of the natural consequences. Because that's what you want. You want to help your kids, encourage them to make good choices, but informed choices too, where they know they know the why, they know the background, they know the logic, they know the reasoning, but then they have this extra motivation using logical consequences to actually make the right choice. And, and, and with that said, there are better good, better, best ways to encourage the behavior. And there are better ways to encourage your kid to eat broccoli. And we're going to um, talk about not we'll, going to extremes. Yeah, and we'll talk about that later because they found that, hey, a better way to encourage them to eat their broccoli is to set, you know, set it up this way or set it up that way. And so so there are good, better, best ways. But that's the the whole underlying idea is to is to set up something that they can understand right away because because your five-year-old right. they may not understand that oh gosh you know my body's gonna break down it, you know they're not gonna I be able nutrition. to they're not gonna be able to see those results for a while but or, or connect those results to their actions and so the whole purpose of you setting up these these logical consequences is they're more immediate they're more your child can comprehend them better mm-hmm. but at the same time you're teaching them the actual reason the actual reason is hey this is for your health and, and that further distance you from manipulation like you're being <clears throat> even more honest yeah you're not just saying what you want you're saying why you want it like it's it's just this whole idea of rules and consequences being manipulative is just nonsense. Like if you set it up correctly, it is not manipulative in any, and nor is it, well, and we'll talk about, I guess, control here in a minute, but I like what you said too, Hannah, where logical consequences are more immediate and they're easier for kids to understand. Like a five-year-old, yeah, they just, they don't get it. But like like a, a, a junior high kid, and they're maybe they're getting involved with the wrong social group, or they're neglecting their studies, or because it becomes popular when you're in junior high to kind of rebel against your parents, and and maybe you're getting uh, sexually active, and you're making, and you're maybe you're dabbling in drugs, and you're neglecting your studies, and there's a lot of just 
very unfortunate social peer pressure at that age. And the kids at that age, they can't see the the future, even 10 years down the road, even five years or one year down the road of what these are, what, what's going to happen. And so they're more worried about fitting in and doing what everybody else is doing. They're not thinking about college, which is like an eternity away. They're not even thinking about high school or getting a job. Like, And grades don't matter. And so it, the parents would sit the kid down and say, okay, well, here are the consequences of doing drugs. Or here are the consequences of you know being sexually active. Or here are the consequences of neglecting your grades. This is what's going to happen. But then they should set up a series of logical consequences of, well, that are immediate. If, if you neglect your grades, we're going to pull you out of school and homeschool you. <laughs> <laughs> or if you get into drugs, we're going to put you in rehab. Or if you start becoming sexually active, we're going to take away your social media like or your, your mobile device or, or your access to the internet. Like there, These are logical consequences to help the kid avoid the negative aspects, the negative and very harsh aspects of the natural consequences. Yeah, as you were talking, it reminded me of once uh, I was listening to the Dr. Laura talk show, and Mm -hmm. it was adults that were calling in talking about how they could never have a relationship and they could never get married and have children because of dumb decisions they had made in junior high and high school where they had contracted permanent STDs. So, and having to tell the people that they were dating that, hey, I have this STD and I would give that to you and, or I will never be able to have children was just so humiliating. And it was so disappointing that, you know, they had made this decision, made this dumb decision when they were younger and they were having to deal with it. They were having to deal with it for the rest of their life. And it was just... Uh, you know, was that really, were they really able to comprehend that when they were 13? No. No? Think about your own self when you were 13. Like, what What did you What did you understand at that age? And did you understand what it would be like when you were 30? Were you even thinking about the possibility of even, like, you couldn't even comprehend being 30, let alone what the your current actions, how that would affect when you're 30. So, but it, it reminds me, though, too, Hannah, uh, of when I was, I don't know, maybe I was six, and I was visiting my, my grandpa's farm. And my uncle, who worked there, he had a three-wheeler, and I really wanted to ride it. And he's like, okay, well, you know, make sure you don't turn you don't, don't, don't turn too quickly or it'll tip over. And three-wheelers were known for doing that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, six-year-old me, first of all, I had no concept of inertia and the, the ideas of physics. And so, of course, first thing I do is I push on the throttle, zip around. I'm like, wait, this is so much fun. And then, of course, I get to the end where I'm like, uh-oh, I need to turn. And, of course, I turn too quickly. It tips over. And the the something that burned my leg or whatever, and it's like, well, uh, he he probably should have not first of all given me the opportunity to write it, but also probably should have given me some more parameters, like what does it mean to go too fast, and what's going to happen if I crash. Like he did, he didn't explain all those things. But even if he had, would my six year old brain have actually understood? It probably would have been better for him to take it more, a little more slowly to see how well I ride to begin with. Yeah, like ride it with you first. and Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So rather than just throwing me on there and letting <clears throat> me go. But And that, that also reminds me, though, because I did some interviews with some very, very rich people. And there was this one guy talking about his son. And his son was like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of school. He was like 14. He's like, I'm tired of school. I'm dropping out. 
And this dad said, you know what? Your mom and I talked about it and we've determined that you're not at the age where you can make that decision. And we refuse to let you at your current age. You are not, we're not going to let you fail. Yeah, we can talk about maybe getting you into a different school. Or changing things up. Uh, but, but we're actually not going to allow you to fail at, this, at point. this point in your life. It has too many consequences that will take away too much from you in the future. Well, and I guess that kind of leads into very nicely to the whole idea. And I love this. And we see this all the time, Hannah. This idea of unintended consequences where I... I read the paper and I see, you know, businesses make these decisions and then there are unintended consequences of that decision or politicians or or these they pass a law that have unintended consequences where they're like, oh, well, I meant it for, for this to happen. Oh, oh, for example, when I think it was California, they passed a law saying, okay, you can only sell light bulbs that are fluorescent light bulbs mm-hmm. and it's going to be great for the environment. But then they didn't think about the fluorescent light bulbs had mercury in them and that the mercury would end up in the landfills. It would be get leached into the water and this mercury in the water would end up damaging um, the ecosystem, the wildlife. It would damage and- the quality of the water we were drinking and it would damage the wildlife. And so, so the- it was an unintended con- uh, consequence of this law. The law was designed to, hey, we're going to, and they've done other things like, hey, they outlawed paper bags for a while and said plastic bags. And then they realized that the plastic bags were worse than because they, they wanted to save trees. Right. And but so instead, we had all these plastic bags that and the plastic decompose. bags didn't decompose and they ended up choking wildlife would get, the, you know, end up and, suffocating and filling up the landfill. And yeah. And so those are and, unintended consequences yeah. of a law where the intention was to improve the environment. And there were consequences that they hadn't thought through. So we see that a lot in the world today. Well, kids are no different where they don't they don't think things through so for instance i'll give you a couple examples like uh, a kid will jump in the pool and the logical consequence is that or the natural consequence is they're going to get wet oh no you push somebody in the pool okay you put oh, you're fine, being bet. silly and you push someone in the pool you push ha, your friend ha. in the pool the natural consequence is they're going to get wet everybody knows that ha, ha that's funny the unintended consequence though is that the friend's phone is now ruined because it was in their back pocket when you pushed them in the pool. Now you're on the hook for whatever, five, 600 bucks for a new phone. Whoops. It's an un- unintended consequence of one of your actions. Or another example would be, you know, a teenager gets this, gets their new car or whatever, and they're racing around and they're all worried about getting pulled over by the cops and getting a ticket. They know that's a possibility, but the unintended consequence that they're not considering is whether or not they're going to, maybe they're going to hit a kid who's out playing in the street and they're not able to, to, to stop in time. Where you had that, that, I believe, a cousin who did just that, where he was, he had this really cool a race car, or truck, or something mm-hmm. like that, was going, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour in the Through residential. His neighborhood, yes. And it was super fun and he's all, he was on the lookout for the cops, but wasn't didn't think it through and didn't think, oh, what if a kid ran out into the street? Would I be able to stop? No. I wouldn't. And then he would have to deal with the consequences of hitting, hurting, and maybe even killing a little kid. Like, Is how, that how, something how devastating would that be? And so all of a sudden, the, the law of a speed limit of 20 or 15 or 25 or whatever it is, makes a lot of sense. It's not protecting, it's not, it's not a restriction on him. It's actually protecting him from hurting something and, and uh, protecting him from unintended consequences. 
So, and then of course, then there's the other example. I read this in the paper. Boy, it's been probably a decade now, but there were these kids and they goofing around and they threw a frozen turkey at a passing car thinking it'd be funny. Like, I, I don't know, like kids throw rocks at things. They just weren't thinking. They threw a frozen turkey at a passing car. It smashed through the windshield, hit the lady, caused her all sorts of damage. She had to get facial reconstruction. I think she ended up crashing her car as well. The glass and the lacerations on her face, like it caused all sorts of damage. And he ended up having to do, uh, th- this was a criminal offense is what he ended up having to go to court. And, and uh, this lady had all these medical bills and there was a criminal investigation, like all these consequences that he was thinking he was just having fun and didn't think about the, the unintended consequences of, oh, I could really hurt somebody. And he did. And it's a, it's a very sweet story, though, because the lady, you know, she uh, worked with the judge to make sure that the kid got minimal sentence. And she worked with the kid to say, hey, I want you to learn from this and become better because of this. And it's actually a really cool story. But the idea is, though, that, that he had to deal with things that were – these consequences were pretty severe and pretty harsh. And they, he didn't even once even consider it because he was just out having fun with his friends. He was, I don't think he was like 16. So with consequences – with logical consequences, the idea is for parents to help protect their kids from the harsh realities of natural consequences. And, and so when, you, when you're creating those logical consequences, you want, to, you want to consider immediate, you want to explain immediate but also long-term effects of, hey, you're, little, little Johnny, you're going to make this decision. Here's what's going to happen immediately, but also here's what could happen down the road if you pursue this course of action or if you make this choice. So... I guess we've already kind of touched on it, but that leads into the whole idea of control versus consequences, where the whole speed limit thing, people, boy, they bristle, they hate it. Oh, it's a restriction. But no, as we discussed, Hannah, it's it's a protection not only for you, but for other people as well. And that's these rules and these laws are in place to help everybody. And so that's the idea is uh, we want, actually, we want to control our children. And this is going to sound really funny. And, and I, I've heard, well, your friend, oh, you controlling your children. You're, you're just such a bad parent. Whoa, no, time out. Stop. What? We totally disagree. We to- 100% disagree. Not only do you control your children, you should control your children. Well, and it- yeah. And here's why. When when your kids are born, you're controlling them 100%. If, you, if you've had an infant, you know, you decide when they eat, when they sleep, uh, you pick them up, you carry where them go. where they're going, <laughs> yeah. you put them in their car seat. They don't, they don't make any decisions. They don't decide where you're going. No, or, like, or, or, like there, there are very few decisions they make. They can make the decision whether to cry or not. Maybe. Um, and so, but they're... 100% your responsibility in your control. Yeah. And well, well but that's I guess I want to back up just a little bit before we get into that where it's we hear this phrase I think it's funny because you, when you're out in public and your child is doing something that you'll hear this you'll say get your children under control get your child under control. Or like, your kids are out of control. Yeah, where it's oh like, oh my gosh, your oh, kids are totally and, out of control. You know, my, my kids are climbing up the fence or climbing a baseball diamond. And they're climbing up the backstop or whatever. And and the, the somebody say, hey, your kids are out of control. Get your kids under control. Well, 
wait a minute, I thought we weren't supposed to control our children. I thought that was a bad thing. Like there's this societal hypocrisy of we're supposed, you're supposed to control your children, but you're not supposed to control your children. It's like, well, wait, wait, which one is it? Am I supposed to have my children under control? Are they supposed to be under control? Or am I not, is it supposed to be hands off yeah. and hey, so basically, not, not control my children at all? Which is it? Parents are, yeah, parents are in a, a no-win situation because if if your kids are doing something somebody else doesn't like, they're like, uh, you're not controlling your kids. But if you're doing something they disagree with, they say you're controlling. Yeah. Like, you should, oh, uh, if you'd like to say, hey, my kids aren't allowed doing sleepovers. <gasps> You're so controlling. You're controlling because yeah. they want yeah. your kid to, you know, come to the sleepover, you know. So, so you know, you're not going to win either way. So, basically, you need to make up your own mind what you're going <laughs> to do because if you rely on society, it will just, you'll just get really mixed messages. And it's hypocritical, but so you have to just do your own thing. Well, at the same time, though, we, I, I think we can all agree, though, you should control your children, especially as you were saying, Hannah. When you're when you're beginning, when you're starting off, and your kid is a newborn, you do control them a hundred percent. They don't get to decide whether or not they want to put on a seatbelt. They, they don't get to decide where they live. They don't get to decide. Like, oh, they what, don't what get to f- decide whether or not to to um, to wear a diaper yeah, or it's, it's a- <laughs> if they're going to eat or not. Or you know, they're not they're not the ones making these these calls. But the idea is that. Oh, by by control, and by you know, by the time they're two years old, maybe they're making more decisions. But you're still very controlling. And again, going back to they don't get to decide whether or not to wear a seatbelt. They don't get to decide when mealtime is. They don't get to decide the the menu. They they don't get to decide when bedtime is. It's not their decision. Unfortunately, and it's I, it's your responsibility. Not only it's is not it your their, responsibility. It's not, yeah, it's your decision. It's not their responsibility. It's your responsibility. You're going to be held responsible for if your child is neglected and mm-hmm. unhealthy. That's going to be your responsibility. Yeah, well, Therefore, you are the one who needs to control it. Yeah, let's flip it around. What if you don't control your two-year-old? What if you never give them a bedtime, never make them eat anything, let them do whatever they want? What's going to happen? CPS is going to be knocking at your door, taking your child away is what's going to happen because they're going to be over in the neighbor's pool and they're going to be filthy and they're going to be malnourished. And the people, the CPS is going to show up and say, um, yeah, you are a horrible parent. This and child is neglected. This child is severely neglected, malnourished, it, and d- dangerous. By not controlling your child, that equates neglect. And I, I guess that's the thing, though, is, is this idea that manipulation is when you're controlling Somebody, no, I, I want to harp on that. I, I want to be very clear on this. Manipulation is it, trying to control. Yes, that's half the definition, but the other half is using dishonest methods. So controlling your children is not the same as manipulation, nor is it the same as consequences. So we're, we're just kind of defining this here. Control is limiting limiting their access to negative natural consequences that when we talk about control that's what we're talking about and it's limiting their choices yeah and is it bad is or it taking all- them away completely yeah is it is that bad is it is isn't control always bad no no not at all matter of fact as we said it's it's necessary because if you don't do it all sorts of bad things will happen and and i guess this, i think some examples might be better where you know you can't always allow natural consequences to teach. Natural consequences are the best teacher because it's nature teaching. And nature is very harsh and very, 
There, there's no wiggle room when it comes to nature. You drive your car off the cliff, nature's going to be like, okay, gravity, it, it kicks in, off you go. Like, there's no negotiating. There's no, well, you know, you didn't know about gravity, so I'll let you off this time. No, it, nature doesn't work that way. Nature is very harsh, and it's the best teacher, but it's also uh, very dangerous to let your children learn solely from nature. You want You want to soften that up a bit, and that's where... Yeah, and that's why we say that when you attach consequences that are logical, it's actually merciful. Because, because yeah, you don't, you're saying, hey, look, you're too young to deal with these natural consequences. They're extreme. They're permanent. Yeah, you'll have brain damage. You'll yeah. be dead. Yeah. Um, that's a little too harsh for, you know, making a stupid mistake in your two, you know? So, <laughs> so let's soften that up and let's put some either apply control and not let you have choices or limit the choices and attach consequences to disobeying me when I say don't go in the street. Well, for instance, your six-year-old wants to play with the table saw. Oh, that's okay, you know, because they want to, you know. I told them they might cut their hand off. I let natural consequences take the toll and now we're in the hospital and yeah, the doctors are frantically trying to put the finger back on. It's like, um... Why were you letting your child play with a table guess, saw? <laughs> guess who else is going to be there? The police. And they're going to be filing a report for gross negligence. Where, why in the world were you letting your six-year-old play with a table saw? Well, I explained to him, officer, and <laughs> and I told him what would happen if he did it. And he chose. And he said he understood. I, I wanted to let him have his own choices, so I let him play with it. Uh no, ma'am. <laughs> you know, but, but this okay. So let's take the next. The, the, another example would be a, your four-year-old wants to try out the shotgun, and it's like, um, well, okay. There's this whole issue. Okay, well, I explained to him. You know, there's going to be kickback, and if you point it at something, you're going to destroy it. And if you point it at somebody, you may, you know, you could hurt them or maybe kill them. But okay, it, it, that's what he wanted to do, and I didn't want to, you know, limit his choices. I don't want to control my children. Um, yeah, what a horrible idea. And next thing you know, the, the, you're burying your dog or, you know, or worse, you know. So, or how about, you know, your two-year-old wants to play with the blender. There's another example. Like, oh, what, and what two-year-old doesn't? I mean, it's kind of a cool thing. It's got gears and things that spin around and you can make... Yeah. They see mom use it all the time. I want to make a smoothie. I'm hungry. Well, well, referring back to this friend we mentioned at the beginning where she's like, oh, well, I just explain to them and I just teach them and I let them make their own choices. Well, I told, you know, using that same logic, I told my two-year-old that if he played with the blender, he might chop off, you know, a finger or two. But, you know, he he wanted to go ahead and do it. So I, I let him. It, it was his choice. Grief. Nope. Okay. The, that that's that doesn't fly. You're you're responsible for that, you and you can't. you can't give him that choice, right? Um, you, you and actually, so yes, you need to control him. And uh, granted, accidents happen. I'm not talking about accidents. Accidents happen to everybody. But me saying, well, I I'm not going to tell him no. I'm oh, just going to yeah. explain to him. But I but but no's a bad word. And, and I'm not going to attach any consequences. I'm not going to try to control him. No, you should try to control your two-year-old and not let him play with the blender. Yeah. Here's another one. How about uh, my eight-year-old wants to get married? Oh, well, it was I, her choice. Yeah, I explained to her, okay, you know, you could get pregnant and then you're going to be responsible for a baby and got to make sure you have a full-time job and to she... be able to buy food and you got to have your own place to stay. And, you know, you, your husband, he better, you know, he's... Uh, 
you got to pick choose. a good guy. And An eight-year-old can't doesn't make know that enough. choice. They don't know enough to make a decision Not only that, that, like that. Are, are they emotionally, mentally, physically capable of dealing with the consequences of that decision? No. No way. Not even close. No way. So, uh, uh, you know, the, you do need to control your children, and you can't always let natural consequences take their toll. For instance, you got a two-year-old uh, or a five-year-old running in the street and a car's coming. Do you give them the choice? Say, hey, Johnny, a car's coming. When it hits you, it's probably going to break your legs, maybe give you some sort of brain damage. You're going to be in the hospital. It's going to be very expensive for the family. I'd like you to get out of the street, please. Are you going to give them that choice, Hannah? No. Hey, I explained it to them. It's their choice. You know, I'm not controlling my children. Heavens no, you're going to run into the street, you're going to grab the little bugger out of the street, and you're going to take him back to the house. Then you might explain a few things to him, but you are going to control him, coerce him, force him to do the right thing because you're not going to give him that choice. And so when we say control is a good thing, that's what we're talking about. You're going to limit the choices and thus limit the negative consequences of those choices in order to protect your children. It's actually an act of mercy. So, and that reminds me, Hannah, we so had a... Well, like, for example, we, we set dating rules for our mm-hmm. teens where we say, hey, you can, you can have, a, you can date when you're 16, but we expect it to be group dates. We don't want you going off alone with, 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 with a boy or mm-hmm. a girl. And when you're 18 and you've moved out of the house... You can have a boyfriend or girlfriend and and have, you know, more serious relationships. But any time before 16, you're not quite ready for that. You're not ready for all the drama, first off. But but even between 16 and 18, yeah, we're kind of, we're, we're starting to get you ready. We're preparing you and ramping up for, you know, having more serious relationships. But we're going to start out with the group dates because we don't want you in a serious relationship. Because if you were to get pregnant or make, you know, a, a unintended where that's not something you could deal with. Physically, um, emotionally, financially, yeah, and and mentally. I know people are like, oh, well, they can get an abortion. Uh, is that something you? I've I've had friends where their kids have gotten abortions, and it has left them mentally, emotionally damaged, scarred, and scarred, and it's not. It, that's not a decision a, a, a kid that age should that's be not making. Fair. Should I kill the baby? Should I keep the baby? Should I? These are really harsh real world decisions where you know they're not quite ready to be making that if there's something you can put in place rules and stuff you can put in place that maybe we can avoid that yeah that's merciful yeah that's that's an act of mercy it's not because oh i don't trust my kid and i don't no well, I it's because if them. they make a bad choice it's not a choice they're prepared they're economically emotionally or physically prepared to deal with yeah and so, so that's why you make rules like that is to, it, it's an act of mercy. Exactly. Well, kind of reminds me of our first grader. We had a young child who did not like- When we were we- young parents, yeah. Did not like wearing underwear, would wear dirty clothes, and refused to do her hair. And and let me tell you, this child, you know, you'll have kids, oh, I don't want to wear that, or I don't know. This child 
would full on fight me in the morning. And I, I was a young mom, you know, just in my early 20s. This kid would fight me, like fight, fight me in the morning. Trying She's to just put a pants little on kid. Her underwear or- I, trying to get underwear on this child was ridiculous. She didn't want me to touch her hair. She wanted to wear the same dirty shirt she had worn for, you know, every Two single years. day and had been <laughs> digging out in this yard with it had holes and and was very adamant that that's what she wanted to do. And and she was willing to bite, kick, scratch, you know, do whatever to not but have the, to wear the clothes that clean clothes bits and, and, and yeah, underwear and, look nice. and well, underwear here's the neat thing though hannah because right a, a couple of years before that we had heard this one psychologist who had given us a, a lot we, we had listened to all of his stuff and and he had said you know let natural consequences take their toll that was his thing is because it's the best teacher, and we're like, okay. And his idea was, you know, if if your teenage son has, you know, bad breath and there's green stuff growing on there, and he, he just, you know, he's basically vomiting a horrible stench every time he opens his mouth, you know, let him go. Don't nag him about brushing his teeth because and don't 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 ruin your relationship when natural consequences yeah. can teach him. Some cute girl at school come up to him and say, "Dude, your breath stinks." And next thing you know, he's going to be brushing those pearly whites. He's like, so just let the natural consequences, let 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 the school, you know, society straighten them out. And we're like, okay, we're going to do that with this daughter of ours, this first grader. We're going to send her off to school. Yeah, because I was having this fight every nap, morning. Nappy and so clothes I was like, and okay. nappy hair and off she goes. And that was a huge mistake. <laughs> I realized really quickly, I, I like, look, I picked her up from school. I'm like, she didn't care. And neither did, neither her, did her friends. friends. They I mean, were, you know, seven years old, six years old. They didn't care. They didn't straighten her out at all. No. All that happened was she, she looked, looked like she was neglected. She looked like a homeless child. Yeah. And so and so we're like, um, And unfortunately, she was being treated like that, as like a homeless child. Yeah. And, and so it was a reflection on, on me of, hey, why aren't you brushing your kid's hair? Why aren't you putting clean clothes on her? You just dump her off at school in a mess. And, and so I was like, nope, okay, that was, that was either bad advice or advice that wasn't explained well. And just because the person had a PhD, let's talk about reality here. That didn't work out. It didn't. And you, and, and I, you don't need to try that out because I'm telling you, that was a bad idea. I tried it for you, and it was a bad idea. So, so what is what what is the right thing to do, though? Well, I, I think a better solution, Hen, would be to maybe start out smaller and give her give our first grader maybe uh, allow her to make some smaller choices to show that she was able to make the larger choices. Say, you can choose between this outfit or this outfit. Yeah, you can choose any of your clothes that are washed and clean, mm-hmm. but you can't choose. We, we well, shouldn't have know, let her make that choice until she showed she could make similar, responsible, good choices on her own first. You can choose which hairstyle I, I do on your hair. You want braids or a ponytail or this little cute bun? Which one do you want here? Make a decision here. But you're not allowed making the decision not to brush your hair. You're not allowed making the decision to not wear underwear. You can go buy the underwear you like. Mm-hmm. But you're not allowed making the decision not to wear underwear. You're not allowed making the decision to wear dirty or torn clothes. That's where we're drawing the line. So, so, so the well, no. So the issue is where do you draw the line? I, I guess I'll throw a few more just examples out there. Where do you draw the line when it comes to power tools? 
or to knives, or to using the lawnmower, or to guns, or to swimming, or to riding the bike, uh, riding a bike to the store by yourself, or when do you, where do you draw the line when it comes to dating or driving? Like, at what point? And it, it'll, I think it'll become abundantly obvious when we talk about this, but is it okay for your four-year-old to drive? <laughs> no, everyone would answer with a resounding no. They can't even reach the pedals. Oh, good. Well, we got blocks on their feet. We can put them on there and put them in a booster seat. Okay, yeah, maybe they can. No, no four-year-old should be driving a car. And and should, you know, should a, should your six-year-old be using the lawnmower? Like it's a riding mower. I don't know, maybe, probably not. Yeah, but the thing is, is you will never, ever, ever, like, like you're not going to see age guidelines for these things because here's the problem is some of my kids could do those things at earlier ages and other other children of mine i'm like you're old but you're still not ready to do this activity or this because you haven't even learned how to do x y and z right and so we start out controlling our kids completely Right. Okay, let's talk about let's and, talk about the progression. What, yeah. Like how, how it works. And as they show that they're able to make you, you start giving them little choices and little responsibility. And as they prove they can make good choices within that realm, then you can add on more choices. And more choices that are bigger choices that have bigger consequences. So I heard it explained this way is that you start out with your children very strict. And you gradually re, re, uh, remove those restrictions the older they get. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, and this is what happens, is parents do the opposite. They start off with these mentalities of never tell your child no. And you, you're just trying to... Let never, them be ne- a kid yeah. and let them make up. So what know, happens is parents start off not giving the kids any restrictions. And then by the time they're teenagers, the parents are going, oh my gosh, my kid's out of control. And I better clamp down now. And then the kids rebel. And it's this power struggle and this this fight. Whereas the opposite should be correct, where you start off strict and slowly remove the restrictions. So by the time they leave home, they're basically, they're already making all their own decisions anyway. Like that's the, that's the ideal. Well, as I was saying, like, as you give them, like, oh, say, okay, well, you're able to do this and this. Hey, I'm going to let you, Mm -hmm. you know, next time they come and ask you, oh, well, can I try this or do this? Say, well, hey, you've been doing this, this, and this. Yeah, I'm willing to let you try that. Yeah. You know, within certain bounds. Oh, yeah, you can ride your bike down the street to here. Let's see how you do with that. And but that will determine, and once they show that they can make good choices uh, with their new freedom, then you can move on from there. But if they make bad choices, you have to pull it back a notch. Well, and that, okay, so I want to define freedom too. Yeah, freedom is nothing more or less than the ability to make choices. That's all. Mm-hmm. And you want to start off giving your children very little. You want to give them very little freedom until they show they can make those good choices, and then you increase the freedom. Because they've already proven, not only to you, but to themselves, that they can make the right choice. And they know what it feels like to make the right choice. And there's that whole idea of confidence of doing the right thing when you know what the right yeah, thing is. You, but you can, when, once you can trust your kids, then you can say, okay, here's a bigger choice that has bigger consequences. Now, back to this friend where she's like, well, I noticed that people who have really strict rules, their kids are the ones that go nuts when they're at college. Well, every once in a while, you'll have a kid who you give them a you give them an inch, they go a mile <laughs> yeah. type of thing. Where where if you if you give them okay, I'm going to trust you to do this, and they just you know they they misuse it every time. You end up not being able 
to give them more choices. Right. And it's sad. And you end up having to be stricter with them because you're still responsible for mm-hmm. them. But you're not actually able to give them the more and more choices. Because it would be bad for them. Yeah. Say, you'd, yeah. Be, you'd be doing them a it, disservice by giving them more opportunities and, and choices because they'll just make more bad choices. Yeah, right? they've got to show that they can make good choices with the freedom that they have. And if they can't, they can't have more choices. Not while you're still responsible for them. Because then you are the irresponsible one. You're the one held responsible. Mm-hmm. And so... Because it's called being... It's called teaching and training your kids. That, now, that's your job. If you have children, this is literally your job description. Yeah. That's it. Now, and I've heard it described as a trust bank. Sure. Um, is, hey, you've got to build up your trust bank. Once you show you can do this, I can trust you more. And, and we can we can start adding things in, adding things in. We, oh, you made a mistake. I got to pull. Your trust bank went down a bit, so we're going to pull back. But yep. you can build it back up if you keep making good choices. And so that's, that's the concept there. Yeah. And ideally, if your kid, for the most part, keeps making good choices, by the time they're 18... They're almost making all their own choices anyway. And so when you let them go at 18, it's it's not really going to be a big deal for them. Yeah. And they're they're going to be very responsible and they're going to be ready to make their own choices. But if they've been rebelling against against the rules and rebelling and you let them go, well, they're going to have to deal with the consequences, but it's on them at that point. Yeah. It's not, you know, there's not, there's not anything you can legally do about that. Um, exactly. They may not be ready to leave home, but it's not because, you know, you didn't do have due diligence on your part. It's, it's, it's their choice. Well, that and that's point. the idea is to gra- gradually starting at zero when they're newborn, gradually increasing that level of freedom until they're in, you know, the ninety something percent, eighty ninety percent. So that when they leave home and they're 100% responsible and they're officially an adult, it's not a huge shock to them. But at the same time, they will have that confidence of knowing what good decisions feel like. And they have kind of that habit ingrained already. And I I should be, it's not a linear thing. It's not like every year you add 5% freedom. (laughs) And typically it's, it's pretty restricted until they become teenagers and the brain starts to develop and, and that the freedoms come a little faster at that point. And it's really cool. Now, the neat thing is every kid is different and you can actually put your kids in what's known as a positive time warp where they actually have more freedom than their peers because they have more, they've made more good decisions than their peers. And you can actually give them that that positive time warp of, you know, your 12-year-old has more sense and more responsibility and more more confidence than a 20-year-old because they've been making those good decisions over and over again and you've gradually increased their level of, of freedom. Well, as you were talking about that, I thought of when I was 18 and I went off to college, I went through this realization that there were no more logical consequences. Like I, I no longer mom and, had. Mom and dad weren't there. I no longer had a mom and dad watching what I was doing. If I didn't do this, nobody cared. If I didn't, if I ate ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, nobody cared. Nobody was going to say boo. Wait, didn't you um, eat? <laughs> Cold cereal for breakfast. Yes, I ate cold cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And after one semester, I felt so terrible. (laughs) First off, I gained like forty pounds. Um, But what cereal were you eating? I was eating cornflakes. It was terrible. Were you allergic to corn? 
No, I, it was probably GMO corn. I don't know. <laughs> 40 but, pounds. But it was terrible. I felt terrible. So the next semester, I'm like, I don't know how to cook well. But I, I started, <laughs> I started, yeah, making vegetables and incorporating fruit in vegetables. Mm-hmm. And, and I started getting healthier and feeling better just from that one step of, okay, I'm going to eat something other than cornflakes and make a concerted effort to make something that looked like a meal that maybe my mom would make but there were other things like oh you know hey nobody cares if i go to church nobody cares if i read my scriptures nobody's there watching me anymore what happens if i just don't do that and you know and realizing oh i don't like how that feels no that you should have gotten that out of your system when you were much younger I, I should have, but but well, no, the, no, but that's, but the, that's point, the idea with money pants is to but let the them point is make just those mistakes when, when they're younger. When you let kids go at college, I was I was always a very good kid, but just the realization that nobody was watching me anymore made me go, huh? Well, wait, it made you question, like, because right. at that point you have to decide who you want to be. Yeah. And so we would always, which is funny because this was the the friend that I mentioned at the beginning. We had this conversation actually oh. as part of it. As I said, I, I had mentioned like, oh, I don't know how it led to this, but I was saying, hey, you know, my husband and I, you know, we I, we don't believe in getting in serious relationships till you're out of the house because you don't you don't actually even know who somebody is until they leave home, yeah, because. It, at that point, they are making, that's when they make their own decisions. And that's when you find out who you really are. You don't know who you really are till you're making your own decisions. And so I'm like, yeah, you, you really, you know, you don't want to be making decisions like that. And mm-hmm. of course, the person disagreed with me totally. But but that's why is because I knew from myself, here I had been, you know, this great student, this really good kid, and just moving off on my own in that realization that, hey, you know what? Nobody's watching me anymore. Nobody cares. I am making, I'm thousands of miles from home. I'm making my own decisions. Who is it that I want to be? I get to make up my own mind now completely. And at that point, you find out, oh, this is who I really am. Well, but that goes back to this whole idea of freedom, where if freedom is the ability to make choices, then in order to give your children more freedom, it requires a, a, a proportional amount of responsibility, meaning you've shown that you can make those good to choice, good choices. Freedom, and you'll hear this, and freedom isn't free. There's a lot of truth to that, where the more freedom you have, the more responsibility you have as well, and the harsher the consequences for making a bad decision, but also the greater the rewards for making good decisions. So freedom is this kind of this funnel where you may continue to make bad decisions, and, and it restricts your freedom, whereas you continue to make good choices and you get more and more choices and more and more opportunities. And I guess that's another podcast, you know, prepping your teen for leaving home. And we'll, we'll talk about that in, in, the, in the future. But the, the whole idea is the more freedom, the more responsibility or, or uh, the, the Batman or Spider-Man quote, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Same concept. With great freedom comes great responsibility. And again, it goes back to that dad we were talking about earlier where he his 14-year-old son wanted to drop out of school and the dad said, no, we're not willing to let you fail. We're not willing to give you that level of responsibility. You're too young. You're not. And, You're too young to make that decision to fail. And so here's the big crux. This is the exciting part is how do you determine? How do you decide when the kid can have more responsibility? And this is it. You simply look at their age. 
If they're eight, they're able to make the decisions. By the time they're 16, they can make the decisions in 18, 100%. Basically, you take their age, multiply it by 10, and that's the level of responsibility that they should have. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> not at all. Not even close. There is no, first of all, they're, they're, every kid is different. So that totally doesn't work. You, there are no hard and fast rules for any, any kid. Every kid is completely different. And so how do you do it? How do you determine, like Sally, she, she's way more responsible than Billy and Billy's older. Like how, so how do you determine who gets what responsibilities and how much freedom and all that? And this is it. It's, it's very simple. This is how to determine the age appropriateness of an activity is the consequences, age appropriate consequences. In other words, if the consequences would be appropriate, the negative consequences of, and I'm talking the logical and natural, the age, if the age appropriate, if the consequences for a bad choice are age appropriate, then it's probably okay to let your children have, your child have that choice. And we talked about this before, you know, oh, your two-year-old having, playing with the blender. No, not age appropriate because the consequences would be more than a two-year-old can handle. You know, letting your 10-year-old date. No, because the the potential consequences of you misusing that are too great. Letting your 13-year-old drive. Again, uh, or letting your five-year-old have a gun or whatever it may be, you have to look at the potential negative consequences of a bad decision and and weigh those against their age. And then the is other age and, appropriate. Yeah. And then the other factor is to look at what responsibilities you've given them up to that point leading up to it and and determining, hey, did they make good choices with that? Did they make good choices mm-hmm. with that? Did they make good choices with that? Because, you know, because even if you're looking at the consequences, is there ever an age-appropriate time to, you know, lop off a hand, your hand, you know? No, but when no. you're working construction and you're 18 years old or 20 years old, and that's a possibility, at the very least, you would be able to handle it. You may, you probably, you have... Uh, you, you have insurance or you have some schooling, you've got some, some understanding of, you know, the, the, the consequences of that and, you, and you'll be more careful. Yeah, yeah, but your it, brain development is, yeah. uh, part of it is, uh, are you, can you comprehend those things? Right, exactly. Can you comprehend the, I mean, because we have some kids, you know, they turn 16, are they ready to drive yet? Well, they can't even drive the lawnmower straight. So yeah. maybe maybe we're just going to hold off on that till you get better at riding your bike safely or until you, you know, exactly. um, it, well, let's let's work up work up to it. You but, know, but along those lines, if you though, can't if you can't watch where you're going on your bike, am I going to let you ride a car if you keep yeah. crashing into stuff with your bike because you're looking the other way, not paying attention, not paying yeah. attention, or, or might, you're cutting other people off on your bike and making them crash, yeah, not paying attention to the your surroundings, like. That's a big, I guess, red flag. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, but but starting with with something that's maybe a lower level, like riding a bike, mm-hmm. and going, okay, well, if if you can ride this bike well, maybe we can move up to a mini bike or a, mm-hmm. a you know a little motorized scooter and or riding the, the, the lawnmower mm-hmm. or you know just slowly work and work I've our fa- way up. Well, the thing is, that, Hannah, I've found that letting our children use the riding mower, and I supervise. I, I teach them how to use it. I, I warn them of the pitfalls, and, and but then I, I kind of supervise for a little while to make sure they do a good job. And if they show me that, that they can do a good job at that point, then I'll leave them unsupervised. 
And if they continue to do a good job, almost inevitably, every one of them who does a good job with the riding mower ends up being a great driver when it comes to the car. And I'd be willing to let them use uh, the, the car and, and get a license and, and drive. Yeah, and that's and that's good because like even with the riding mower, we're like, hey, there can't be any kids in the yard. Yep. And they're, you know, because of this the yard and that. Off. So they're yeah. already thinking about, okay, I could, you know, I, 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 be not running over things yeah. that could get hurt. Not hitting know? stuff. And, you know, and <laughs> the thing is, though, sometimes they'll come to me and be like, uh, Dad, you got a problem. And they'll have, you know, gone too close to the swing set and got the lawnmower stuck. Or they didn't turn a certain part off and they broke the belt or whatever. I'm like, okay. And I'm logging that one away going, all right, that's that's a good First of all, they came to talk to me, so that that's a good sign. But like the maturity level, it's really cool to watch them make these mistakes, I guess, and how they correct them in preparation for future responsibilities. And I want to talk about that, where the, when your kids are growing up and they're under your supervision, that's when you want them to make these mistakes. Because they're going to. We're people. We're human. Everybody makes mistakes. That's the age. Like when your kids are growing up, you want them to make the age-appropriate mistakes so that you can help correct and get them back on their feet. But you want to do it a little at a time and build up. So I, I think a good example would be, again, don't throw your five-year-old or six-year-old onto a quad runner and say, have fun, and off they go. No, it may be better to start them off on a bicycle, something that's not powered, and let them get used to that. But uh, at the same time, you should say, uh, you can fall down, you can hurt yourself, I want you to wear a helmet. And then they get on the bike, and sure enough, they fall down. They don't hurt their head, but they skin their elbow. Is that an age-appropriate consequence for learning to ride a bike? Absolutely. That that's the whole idea. It didn't that, cause permanent damage. It didn't cause brain damage. Whereas if uh, I throw they had the helmet yeah, on, but I throw them on a quad runner and they're going 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, and they get thrown off, they could they could have brain damage. They could they, they could be seriously hurt. So it, the, these freedoms that we give our children, the way to determine whether or not we can give our children these choices and the lack of parental control is to determine if the negative consequences are age appropriate. That's all. And and at how they've handled previous responsibilities exactly. leading up to it. So I just wanted to clarify, you know, we ta- again, there's this whole concept we talked about it a minute ago, you know, consequences can be positive or negative, but there's this this kind of this connotation of negativity, but that's wrong. Consequences, as we said before, are just the results of of an action. They can be positive or negative, you know, doing your homework means you're going to get good grades. And when you get good grades, it means you can have more opportunities to uh, choose a better college. And a better college means a better education. A better education means a better job, which gives you more freedom and more opportunities. Like, that's a positive thing. Exercising, you're going to have a healthier heart or stronger muscles or, or just be a better digestion or better sleep, you know. Or And then there are logical, you know, positive logical consequences. of If you get your job done, you get to go to your friend's house or you get to watch TV or you get to the treat after dinner or whatever it is. Like, and and those are in place to encourage or the logical consequences are something you put in place to encourage or discourage your kids from making certain choices. That have and harsh natural yeah, consequences. So it's, uh, yeah, so hopefully you can encourage them to get the great consequences uh, for good decisions or discourage them from experiencing the harsh consequences of bad decisions. And that... That's actually going to be our very next podcast is is designing rewards and punishments. How do you do that? Because some people will go extreme and it, it, it becomes very controlling, but in a bad way. 
in that uh, the idea of, well, I'm going to set up these consequences for my son because I want him to do such and such, and I'm not being manipulative, but here's the consequence. If he doesn't do it, I'm going to restrict him to his bedroom for the next three years. Well, that's extreme. You know, you, 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 we don't want to go with these extreme consequences in order to motivate the right behavior. You know, what, what's, the, what's the, the phrase? I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. You know, we don't want to go there. That's not what we're about. When we take, and we'll talk, I guess we're going to talk about that in the next podcast about how to properly design rewards and punishments. So let's wrap it up here, Hannah, with how does this money, how, again, this is all part of the money pants philosophy, but how does it, how does this, how do we apply this practically within the money pants ecosystem? And it, we talk about it. Money you pants, need, it, well, money pants, you are setting up consequences. You're setting yes, up tons. rewards. Yes. You're setting up, uh, if you watch the podcast the, uh, about the layered rewards, mm-hmm. those are consequences, logical consequences that you're setting up to encourage your children to make good decisions that are going to support them and help them and give them more freedom in the future. So here, here they are. Here are some of the tools. You've got family counsel. That's where you teach your kids the the natural as well as the logical consequences. Then you've got uh, cash and the, uh, the whole money system that we have with money pants. You use job jar, habits, bonuses, layered rewards, which you just talked about, Hannah, behavior reports, mastery points, and fees. All of those help motivate good choices and to avoid the harsh natural consequences and And to enjoy the good consequences of developing yourself and making good choices and so that's really what it's focused on is hey hey reward 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 let's lead you down the path where you're getting natural rewards in life it becomes a habit it becomes a habit to anticipate the reward for good decisions that's what we're about the the whole the, the app the app is designed to help family members think about the consequences of their actions, where if you choose to do your job, you also choose to get paid. You also choose to have nice clothes. You also choose to have enough money for sports. You also have choose to have enough money for summer camp. You have all these free. You're choosing freedom. And on the flip side, if you choose not to do your job, you also choose to get a fee. You choose not to you choose to miss out on their soccer team. You choose to miss out on girls' camp. You choose to not join the family for movie night. And you also choose to miss your friend's birthday party. Like we're we're all about helping the family members, especially our kids, as their brains are developing, to consider the consequences of their actions, good and bad. Because again, all choices have consequences. And so we want our kids to start thinking about their choices in that way, where, where they're like, what are the consequences? So that when they're on their own, when they're away from home, whether it's they're going off to college or if they're off at summer camp or they're off at school or they're their soccer team or whatever it may be, and mom and dad aren't there, they're thinking about, hmm, what would be the consequence of this decision that I'm about to make? And it's really cool and it's, it's, it's very mature where they, they, they're actually considering and they've, they've been trained to consider the consequences of their actions. And that whole idea of making rash or unfortunate decisions kind of goes away. And they have this level of maturity about them that's it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, and and it, the other thing is with money pants, it's within boundaries. Right. You're giving them choices within boundary. You're still there is still an element of control that's appropriate, age appropriate. You're not just saying, "Oh, you can decide to do whatever you want." No, it's within certain boundaries, mm-hmm. and so it, it creates a natural bridge 
to becoming an adult where they're going to be have that 100% freedom of making their own choices. It creates a, a, a nice little bridge so that they're not so when they are finally on their own, it's not this punishment. It's not to their detriment. Yeah. They're prepared for it. They're prepared to make good decisions on their own. And they're ready for that freedom. It's not going to destroy them. It's going to be a good thing for them and an exciting thing for them. And they're going to feel good about themselves when they're 18 and they're on their own. And they know they understand good decision uh, making skills. And like you said, they're going to be considering consequences. Well, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. If I do that, that's gonna, what's going to happen. Whereas a lot of teenagers, a lot of children, there's a disconnect between choices and consequences. Yeah. And so it, money pants, that's, that's the sort of thinking that it, it engenders is, okay, Con, uh, my choices have consequences attached. Well, but you also let them make those mistakes and have those little minor failures all growing up so that when they are away from home, they're not going to make those giant mistakes. It's so much better to make the little mistakes. Well, they're less likely to. Okay, they they, they yeah, might I still misspoke. decide yes. to do it. They're less likely to. They still can. Where it's so much better to make a $10 mistake when you're when you're eight versus a $10,000 mistake when you're in your 20s. It Why not make those mistakes, especially when mom and dad are there to kind of help out and go, okay, well, we limited your we limited your exposure to the consequences to only being $10. But once you're gone from home, there are no limits to uh, natural consequences. You're exposed to the full nature of the, the consequences. Like it, it's out there and it's it could crush you. Yeah, and and your parents can't rescue you anymore. They can't rescue you, and they're no longer responsible. It's like all on you, but we want that to be a good thing. Yeah. And so it's not that sudden burden of oh you're you're 18 get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, it, it it should it 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 should be actually an exciting thing to be 18 and to finally have that freedom. Get that, get that it's last not 10%. it's not supposed to be a punishment and this okay, you're going to be 100% responsible. It should be oh my goodness, I get to make my own decisions and make the you know I'm all ready. these good decisions on my own. I'm ready. I can do this. Yep. And so it it should be a very positive thing, not a um, you know, a, a, a death sentence or yeah, something. <laughs> something they dread. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess we see that too, where, you know, 20-somethings, 30-somethings are still living back at home because the real world's too crazy. They, they're like, I can't. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why. There, there kids, are other reasons. And, no, there, there are but, a lot of reasons why people come live back at home, but it's. But that could be um, one. But we'll just say that in college, you can you can make a lot of mistakes that not just college you know you just go off into the workforce you know so some kids don't go to college you know maybe they go to trade school but you know 18 19 out of high school they go join the workforce and well a lot of mistakes that can be made once they leave home if they haven't been making these decisions all along yeah well for example you would hopefully have learned to not steal when you're at home within the home environment where the consequences aren't Prison? Uh, uh, yeah. Jail time? Yeah, it's not prison and jail time. It's, or you've learned, hey, you, that's a fee. Or you've, you've, you've got to replace not, that yeah. thing. Or, or you've learned to not hit. Yeah. Or, oh, he took my thing or he said something mean to me, so I socked him. Well, you realize that's assault and battery. 
as an adult and you're going it's to jail on your permanent record you're probably going to lose your job it's, and you're going to have a really hard time getting another job and these are harsh harsh consequences uh, but it's just it's how it is i i'm not deciding that you're not deciding that it's just that's how it is so it's just much better to go hey you're going to get a fee for that yeah. or you're going to so they realize no oh, there are consequences to these types of decisions and and hopefully they'll have the self-control or the the ability to think about consequences before they act and can maybe hopefully avoid some of the harsh harshness that society and and nature yeah. dish out so so to kind of recap you know we've kind of talked about we, we defined consequences and how it's not the same as control. Uh, we, we also talked about natural versus logical consequences. We talked about the, the parents' duties when it comes to implementing the natural versus logical consequences, we, especially when it comes to you know unintended consequences. We talked about control versus consequences, where you, know, you start out controlling your kids and you want to slowly release that as they get older. We talked about the natural progression of how a kid gains more freedom and what freedom means and, and how it's just basically the ability to make more choices. And we talked about, you know, how consequences can be positive and negative, and they are positive and negative. And then we, we kind of talked about some of the tools that Money Pants has to offer and what, what kind of one of the end goal of Money Pants is to prepare our kids for, you know, being on their own, having developed that work ethic, having developed their their superpowers, but also learning how to make good choices. It's like a byproduct. And going back to your experience, Hannah, uh, where your friend said, you know, you're, you're controlling your kids by rewarding them and giving them consequences. We couldn't disagree more. It's, it's actually the 100% the opposite, where we're by doing these things, we're giving our kids more freedom and more choices because they're able to, to show that they have the ability to make good choices and that's where freedom comes from, is making good choices over time and showing that you can be responsible for the freedoms that you've been given. And it actually, it, helped, it helps better prepare them to make bigger and bigger choices. And also, at the same time, it prevents them from making, having choices where the consequences could be very severe. We're actually protecting them from those by just backing it off a little bit, not even giving them some choices that could hurt them. And it's kind of an act of mercy, and we slowly increase the uh, the freedoms that they have until they leave home, and, it, and it's just like this natural, logical, smooth transition into the adult world. Huh. Anyway, so that, that's it. We're going to talk about this more in our next podcast, where we, we talk about how to kind of craft these consequences, but, but that's it. That's it for today. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen too. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. But that's it for today. Enjoy our mystery guest composition, which really makes me laugh. We'll see you next time. Unlock your superpowers. Ooh, I have-
talking about now? Talk about Cash. what? Cash? Money. Money. I love money. It's time for you. Oh, I'm so excited. Money Yeah.